Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Iron Locked Up Radio Show with your host, Minister Amen. And you're listening to it on the Win Network. Yes, that's right, Win Network. Together, we win. They do. Radio show. You know who I am. I appreciate you joining me, Minister Annie Bell, the host and creator of IRAIN Blog Talk Radio Show, which is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as re- providing awareness, prevention, and resources to the community. Again, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you know, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and to commemorate that, we have taken the entire month of January to talk about different aspects of that heinous, horrendous industry of selling um, sex by taking um, prisoner, basically the vulnerable population. We're talking about children. We're talking about boys and women. Um, is going on all around the world. It is uh, quickly becoming the number one crime, universal global crime. Um, again, different from uh, drug trafficking or gun trafficking, the sex trafficking, that is such a lucrative business because there's nothing that uh, the the trafficker has to continue to purchase. So once they have a person, a, a um, victim in hand, they can utilize and sell that person over and over and over again. They never have to go and replenish. And so it is becoming 
uh, again, the number one crime. And, uh, and you, you heard our, our reports and how heinous it is and how cruel it is. There's, uh, there's always physical. Um, there's the manipulation. There is uh, obviously the, the, the sex that is going on that uh, is, is rape. Uh, again, basically, it's, they're, they're taking what they want, selling who they want. So today we have a wonderful panel now of, of detectives. And this episode is, is entitled Law and Order SVU. Now, I don't know if y'all watch SVU, but I watch every last one of them. And um, so I'm excited because I almost feel like I have, you know, the crew here. So, um, so I am just so delighted. We have Detective Neal and Detective Gibbs who are here. And they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves. They're from the DeKalb County Police Department and the SVU Division. And so um, I want to welcome everyone to the uh, virtual studio, Detective Neal, Detective Gibbs. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. And again, like I said, you know, it's like having Detective Stabler, is it? And Olivia here, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you got you ladies representing. And secondly, you know, I'm not a feminist, but I am mm-hmm. all about girl power. So um, to have those <laughs> ladies bold and beautiful here um, out there on the streets and taking care of us. Oh, my gosh. I am peacock proud, okay, um, to, 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 to have you on my show, for real. Um, well, first let's start out. I want my, I want my audience to, to get to know you a little bit. So um, I'm going to start with Detective Neal. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, I'm Detective Neal. I'm, of course, with DeKalb County Police Department Special Victims Unit. Um, work uh, as far as um, special victims, I do work the sex crimes with youth and sex as well as domestic violence. Um, I am from Beckley, West Virginia. Um, I've been a police officer now for eight years. I've been a detective now for three and a half years. And um, I also have a ministry with abused women and children. I am um, also a pastor. And, you know, I look forward to doing God's work and and his will because this is a part of of ministry. Amen. Yeah, it is. Um, It it certainly is. And, you you know, I I love the, I believe it's in 1 Timothy, it talks about, you know, us taking the violent by force. And, um, you know, I'm an itty-bitty little girl. But when, I, when, when something make me mad, I'm ready to take up arms. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like I say, you, 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 you calling out the inner warrior in me um, as, as a detective. How about you, Detective Gibbs? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I um, actually grew up in the DeKalb County and Gwinnett County area. I went to high school in Gwinnett County. Um, I ended up going to Columbus State University and studied psychology there. That's just an hour and a half or so away from the Atlanta area. And I knew from a fairly young age, um, when I was about a teenager, that I wanted to work in communities and I wanted to do work that served um, populations that were maybe um, underserved or misrepresented in some way. So I actually started off my 
professional career doing case management um, with the AmeriCorps program. I worked at a homeless shelter downtown, um, and I ended up moving to the Goodwill Career Center where I did um, job skills training and taught basic computer classes there to help people get ready for work. And um, and then my next my next step up for me was to begin employment with DeKalb County um, with the police department. So it's been about six years that I've been with them, and I've been in the special victims unit for about two and a half. Um, wow. And it's their domestic violence, um, uh, sex trafficking specifically are the types of cases that I work. Okay, and I was going to ask you then, you know, what does your job as a detective, Does it what does it actually entail? Um, you said you mm-hmm. work more with the sex trafficking and the child abuse, was it? Right, crimes against children. Um, wow. Our, this unit, the unit that I'm a part of is a smaller branch of, of special victims, and so the cases that I have specifically are um, crimes against children, um, cases that involve child pornography and sex trafficking of minors. Wow. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know I would, I'm going to love to have you back on the show another time uh, since that is mm-hmm. a such a big crux of our show. How about you, Detective Neil? What your focus area uh, in the SVU um, uh, arena? What do you actually do? Um, I, what I actually do, I'm in the uh, uh, our units overlap. We're within the same unit, mm-hmm. but we have the smaller units within our division of special victims. So um, I actually deal with child molestations and rapes, and I just transition into domestic violence but I still deal with child molestations and rapes. And in doing that, you know, we're, we're the both of us really are the voice for the, the silent child or adult. And we're also mm-hmm. the bigger voice for the voice that's louder, you know? So mm-hmm. in doing that, we represent, um, we do forensic interviews where children are interviewed and their voices are to be heard, you know, so they can receive a certain level of justice. So in our our unit, we deal with, um, of course, child molestations, rapes, a part of missing persons. But right now, I'm specifically, um, I just transitioned to domestic violence. I mean, it just sends chills up my spine, to be really honest, because not that I'm glad that kids are being molested and raped, okay? That's horrendous. But I am so excited that to know that you guys are out there um, doing the work. I mean, rolling up your sleeves and you're in the trenches. And I know that mm-hmm. you're upstanding people at heart and you have the best intentions for our children and the vulnerable community. I just, I just, I just love you guys uh, to <laughs> life. Yes. Love um, you too. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and if y'all hadn't gotten a pat on the back, you know, you got it from me today. Um, and I'm going to definitely, you know, keep you guys continually in prayer. Now, without really revealing anyone's identity, could you share with our listeners the worst case of child abuse and um, the worst case of uh, sex trafficking? We'll start with you, um, Detective Neal. What was your worst case of uh, child abuse that you had to uh, work? Um. Well, one of the worst cases that I've I've had is 
you know, you know, after you know, thinking now is when I had a eleven year old boy who was molested molesting his siblings and they were younger than him and they were like four or five and after investigation the root of it was him being molested by his father so he acted on what was done to him yes so the in essence he was a victim and then his siblings um, younger than him became victims male and female and so what um and that is Again, so sad because you you hear about that happening all the time, and that is, I believe, some statistic between 95 and 98 percent of victims, they say, that if they do not get counseling and recovery, that there is a very high probability of them turning to, becoming a predator, becoming an abuser. What happened to them, the, the 11-year-old, uh, did, was he you know, just taken into custody? Did he have to serve time in the juvenile uh, detention? Well, by him being under the age of, you know, being under age of 13, um, they take a different avenue with kids who are, you know, under the age of 13. And And at that point with him, as well as the children, of course, forensic interviews were done, which consisted of them, um, being able to tell what happened to each one of them, and as a result, they ended up uh, getting counseling, um, right. taking um, c- classes in reference to educating them in terms of sexual behavior, and you know, and, and of co- course, further investigation was done in reference to the the parent. Did the parent you know. go to jail? Well, actually, the the actual case was turned over to another county because that mm-hmm. part happened in another county. Oh, I see. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is, um, you know, that that that's a hard case. But I'm glad that the 11 year old, along with his siblings, are getting some some help and some counseling so that he has a chance to grow up. I mean, it, it wasn't his fault. It, it it was initiated by an adult, and that adult should be the one that is being held accountable. And um, so that it's a sad situation. What I'm going to do, Detective Gibbs, is I'm going to take a quick mm-hmm. break, and then I'm going to come back okay. and allow you to answer that same question. So everybody, sure. please keep your cheeks in the sheet, in the seats, not the sheets, the seats, and we'll be right <laughs> back. Thank you so much. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. 
Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Okay, thank you so much for staying with us and um, staying tuned, not moving anywhere. You are listening to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, and I am Minister Annie Bell. As you know, um, Irene is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries, and so any and all donations and considerations of funding is much appreciated as this is a nonprofit. If you're interested in sponsoring a show or advertising on our shows, please connect with our marketing department at 201-477-0469. We are back with the bold and the beautiful Detective Neal and Detective Gibbs, who are here to talk about um, the last question was, what is the most, um, uh, without really be revealing any names, the, the worst case of sex trafficking that you uh, had to, to work with, Detective Gibbs? Yeah, I think like Detective Neal, um, some of the worst cases for me um, involve victims that are victimized by someone that they know, a family member, um, a neighbor, someone from their school. I think maybe we have a misunderstanding of what sex trafficking is. And in our minds, we think it's something that doesn't happen in the U S it's overseas. People are kidnapped and dragged into a life of prostitution. And that does happen. Sometimes I fortunately have been lucky enough to not have to work any cases that extreme, but the cases that I've gotten even recently are um, victims, you know, aged 13 and 14 years old, who are recruited into the lifestyle. One female I can speak about was recruited into the lifestyle by by her older sister. Um, She had grown up separately. They have different fathers. She lived out of state with her father. Um, And talking to the mother, they thought that coming back to Georgia would be a safe place for her. She could be reunited with her sisters and get to know them. And it turns out her sister had been um, involved in prostitution for several years. She was at least 10 years older than than my victim. And um, this sister thought she was taking the girl under her wing and showing and that showing her this lifestyle of living in the street and um, selling your body for uh, monetary gain was was how she thought she should uh, should raise her up. So. I spoke to that victim and she didn't, she was so young. She was 14. She didn't understand that maybe Mm. this is not typical. You know, this is not how you get to know and know your family and how you bond with your siblings. Um, She was just going along with it. And fortunately when we did get a hold of her, um, we had an aunt and a mother who were both looking for her. When we did find her, she was, um, she had been staying in a hotel for three weeks. Um, She was emotional about, the number of customers that she had mm-hmm. had. Um, she had difficulty remembering um, who, how many. Uh, she guessed that she had between 10 and 15 dates 
per day. And this was all oh, under the direction and protection of her sister, you know. So they had a, a coordinated plan. I'll get this hotel room. I'll make sure you're, you're safe. So I'll get the hotel room right next to yours. And she didn't know. Initially, it was just her trying to, it was our victim trying to fit in and belong. Mm-hmm. She had grown up separately from her family. And her older sister thought, well, you're here and I can show you how to make money. And this is what I know. So I'll also show you the way. So um, those, those cases where there's those <clears throat> words between the family, those are the ones that really bother me because everyone has a general idea on how family dynamics should work and that your older siblings are supposed to look out for you and protect you and take care of you and be an example. Um, and so many times, especially working these cases in DeKalb, it's not that way. It's, you know, these, these victims become victims because someone they know and trusted led them down the wrong path. So. And that's right. That's right. And again, mm-hmm. statistically speaking, you're talking about mm-hmm. in the 90th percentile that victims are um, being victimized by Someone they know, it's somebody that that they know, whether it's somewhere in their family, right. um, and there's mm-hmm. more and more cases of parents or caregivers actually sex trafficking their own children, delivering exactly. their own child to hotel rooms, arranging yep. dates, and um, I cannot imagine that. I have two kids, mm-hmm. and I cannot imagine even talking to someone about them having sex with my child period, you know, um, so you know that there's brokenness. And when I talk about how many people, how many kids per year, where the conservative amount is 800,000 a year who are being abused, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. um, sex, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. It's so, um, but the numbers are, could be high as a million. And so when you think about how many broken children are growing up, without uh, counseling, without healing, and so they themselves are broken as well. And so they mm-hmm. uh, are having children, and they are raising kids in that brokenness. And so yeah. dysfunction is bound to be alive. And so mm-hmm. um, it is so very important for people to heal, and, um, and there is healing available through counseling, through Christ, so we want to get to as many people as we possibly can to say you don't have to suffer through this on your own, and you certainly don't have to become a predator or one who becomes a victimizer in order um, to survive. So um, since we're kind of already talking to you, uh, Detective Gibbs, I wanted to talk to you about the last 10 years, comparatively speaking, has sex trafficking in Atlanta gotten bad? If so, how bad? So I don't know the actual rank, but I know Atlanta is one of the top cities as far as um, sex trafficking goes. Uh, You know, we have our huge airport here. Um, A lot of those major highways run in and out of our city. So I won't say it's number one. I definitely don't think it is, but it's definitely at the top of uh, busiest cities when it comes to sex trafficking. Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is a resource that we use here. I don't know the statistics offhand, but they tend to look at um, different vulnerabilities for kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, one of the major statistics, 
statistics that they use is um, out of however many runaways, kids who leave their home or are outside of their home for whatever reason, how many of those kids are end up getting involved in um, sex trafficking or fall victim to sex trafficking. I know in 2000, this is according to um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, in 2000. 14, I think it was one out of every six kids under the age of 18 that had run away or had left home for whatever reason um, ended up becoming a victim of sex trafficking. In 2015, it was one out of every five. And I'm sure, you know, if we were to go back, I don't know if those statistics have been compiled yet, but I'm sure it's going to be closer to one out of every four at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, just and I think you're leaving right. the home and, and, and not having, for whatever reason, they're leaving the home, whether it's because there's abuse going on or they feel like there's some need that's not getting met. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where our, our numbers are coming from. It's just becoming more frequent. And we did a show a couple of weeks ago on mm-hmm. survival, survival sex amongst teens, and which is, exactly. although we categorize it as uh, sex trafficking, because it is there, there is a factor involved with them having to sell their bodies to get uh, their needs met, and we're talking basic exactly. needs, food, shelter, and um, right. and it is a very high percentage of runaways. They turn, they tend to turn to uh, selling their bodies, whether they hear it from another runaway or uh, mm-hmm. someone has manipulated them that hey, I'll give you a you know piece, a fried chicken if you you know. Give me a blowjob. Exactly. Um, so, yep. you know, and it, and that's the harsh reality. And part of what we're trying to do here at Irene is we, you know, we're not going to be vulgar, but we, we definitely want to make sure that we're not throwing rose-colored glasses on everybody and saying, hey, this is it's not that bad. It is that right. bad. Yeah. Um, it is not pretty out here for our, our children. And the, and the saddest part of it all is they mm-hmm. if a majority for the children anyway, if they're getting their love from their parents and from their mm-hmm. caregiver, they wouldn't be so easily manipulated. Because again, sad to say, uh, some of these traffickers are just smooth talkers. They know how to look for and see uh, vantage points and say, okay, this girl just wants to be loved, or she just wants to be told she's pretty, or um, she is right. of value. Well, those are the things that we as parents should be able to say to our children so that they know it. They know um, what authentic agape love is. And so when they mm-hmm. see false love, they'll be able to say, oh, no, you are a joker and I need you to back right. off me. Um, exactly. Now, <laughs> yeah, from a law enforcement standpoint, and I'm going to uh, volley this over to Detective Neal, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, what is the first thing that a citizen should do if they suspect child abuse? Report it. Report it to the local law enforcement. Make mm-hmm. a report. Make us aware. Make us aware of what's going on because something that may appear to be small is really not small. And then sometimes we may know or have an idea, but it. It may confirm or give us another avenue when it comes to an investigation. That's the and that's first good. thing. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And um, also, as Detective Gibbs indicated, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, um, they, you know, you could go as far as reporting it to that as well, which would be good. Um, again, a, a lot of times, you know, children, as Detective Gibbs has said, have, has stated that they're runaways. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's one of the key indicators of that there's something wrong. And if if someone suspects that a child is being exploited, then we need to know. Or the local mm-hmm. law enforcement in which they reside needs to know. That's very good. And, you know, one thing I would like to add to that, it is difficult uh, for your average Joe Blow when they see something that's some a bit obscure, kind of hidden, and it's not in-your-face abuse. It's like, okay, what do I do with that? And I was faced with that a couple of weeks ago uh, around Christmas, and and it wasn't direct. There were three kids under the age of probably five, uh, two in car seats and one kind of just roaming about the car. The car was on, and there was no adult. And um, and I, was, I didn't know if I should report it, if I should. And by the time I, you know, I went in the store, came back, and they were still out there. And that at that point, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to go ahead and call. By the time I called, uh, the mother came back. And, um, and you know, any other time, I would have thought, okay, you gotta, we got to report this because this is – somebody could just hop in the car and take them, you know. Right. Because, like I said, the car was running. But in certain situations, it, uh, you know, your, your average citizen – may not know. So I like what you said that, you know, it's not for us to detect it. It's not for us to evaluate it. If we see something that breaches our understanding, then that would be a good enough reason to just call and then let you guys who know what to do, do the rest. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah. Perfectly said. Yeah. Great. Now, um, Detective Gibbs, that same Mm -hmm. question, but more from the sex trafficking end, what, again, are some of the first things that a, a citizen should do if they suspect it? Um, well, like you said, trust your instincts. You know, you know, especially if you are you frequent an area, um, you know what things don't look right. You know, when there's a girl mm-hmm. standing and you've never really seen her before, um, you know if you, her attire doesn't match the weather, but does, that something's not right about it. So mm-hmm. definitely as citizens, Trust your instinct. If it doesn't look right, then call us. Like you said, you don't have to. You don't have to be the one that's pressing charges. You don't have to be the one that's doing the investigation. But you know, officers are out and about doing as much as they can, answering 911 calls. We we can't possibly be everywhere um, at all times. So we do rely on our citizens. It's why we, um, you know, go to the schools and try to teach the kids about things to look for. Um, I know some of our other detectives have gone to other workplaces and talked about what the signs are, you know, the education of knowing what to look for exactly and just trusting your instincts is a combination that we're looking for and that, that will help us to, to do our job better. And again, like you said, it's uh, us getting, teaching the awareness just so mm-hmm. that you can at least look, look for certain signs and um, mm-hmm. but to to act on that gut feeling, um, yeah. truckers for against traffickers. I think that that's how they start. They're just 
truckers out there, you know, taking Walmart trucks to, to different places right. in the United States, but they have rallied together because they noticed that things are going on on the highways and in exactly. the truck stops. And so mm-hmm. uh, average Joe, your average citizen, we have, we are empowered to do something mm-hmm. about it. And when there's more for a situation, then um, there'll be less apt for victimization. I have to take another quick break. So everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Irene Log Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor, that means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, grow in Christ, and N, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Hi again, I'm Minister Annie Bell with I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show, and of course, we're powered by Win Radio. Again, we are an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Through our, our uh, nonprofit organization, we endeavor to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor through teaching of financial literacy and Christian counseling for those in the underdeveloped areas. We are back with our panel of guests, Detective Neal and Detective Gibbs, and we're talking about, again, how empowered we are. To, uh, to do and help those who might be victims of whether child abuse, sex trafficking, and even domestic violence. So welcome back, ladies. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> now, you know, in the news a couple of days ago, I saw where somebody was able to get help by writing a note to the UPS driver. Um, What would you say, what would you say to that certain steps that a uh, victim can take to get rescued? Um, And if I can 
I'll volley this over to Detective Neal. Uh, what can they do to get rescued? Well, first of all, when, when you talk about them being rescued, one of the first things that I see with um, victims is that there's a trust issue. They They have now just become tricked into believing that this person who they thought was a friend or a boyfriend or something of that nature, they, they, they trusted them. Now all of a sudden they got, they become let down. And um, one of the things that they have to know and to feel is that they can trust to be able to get help. Wow. So in a situation where the, the, um, the child gave the note to the UPS driver that was an avenue for the UPS driver to help be that voice for that child. Yeah. So a lot of times when we encounter these children, we have to, they don't, they don't have a trust factor. So we have to, in a sense, create, have their, their safe havens where they can go and we have to make those known to them. So they're able to be able to feel safe. That's, yeah. that's the key thing. So when they come to us, we have to kind of make them, in a sense, as best as we can, make them feel comfortable. Now, I don't know if Detective Gibbs has another avenue, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, but it, it's a trust factor. It, to me, there's no, there's really not an ABC. It's actually kind of taking things as they come, as well as making resources known. Mm-hmm. That's good. So they Thank can you so much. somehow feel safe, yes. Yes, thank you. And I think education is a part, too, for the children. And it's sad to say that we have to begin educating our children so young about such things. But I began teaching my children, again, because I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse. And so I began teaching my children at a very young age about you know, we, I gave the real name for their private parts. We don't call them tatas mm-hmm. and lilies or whatever. You know, their penises, their breasts, their, you know, their vaginas. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we use those words. Um, and, and I've taught them, you know, the, the, anywhere that your uh, swimming suit is on, you can't let anyone touch you. And But it, you had to start so young. And that's sad. But on the other, on the flip side, by teaching them, they themselves, uh, you know, have the education and they're able to, um, let's see, you know, guard against and, and be right. a little bit more, um, you know, safe. How about you, Detective uh, Gibbs, from this, again, the sex trafficking uh, mm-hmm. way, you know, what do you think is a way to get So rescued? I think, uh, like what Detective, Detective Neal said, um, there are just some basic needs that need to be met. We need to be fed. We need to be um, clothed, sheltered. And we need to, in order to tell our story, feel like we can trust the person that we're talking mm-hmm. to. Um, mm-hmm. What I've seen with some of our girls is that they don't they don't trust anybody. That they have sure. um, been manipulated by whoever is working them. Um, they have been taught not to trust anyone, not to tell, even when things get really bad, when they have experienced violence or um, sexual assault, when it's no longer if it was ever voluntary participation, when it gets that bad, they still revert back to 
that threat that was kind of instilled by whoever was working them, you better not tell. And so a mm-hmm. lot of our time initially in dealing with these, we and we do get boys and girls too, um, girls obviously more frequently, but a lot of times dealing with these young girls, it's just establishing that sense for them, I'm, I'm here for you and only you. Tell mm-hmm. me your history, tell me where you're from, tell me what you need right now so that so that I can, you can feel like you can rely on me and I'll do mm-hmm. whatever I can to make sure that you feel safe and that you trust me and that whatever you say here um, will work to your benefit. Um, so that is a big part of, of that trust because a lot of times those girls, they don't believe that they're victims. You know, they look That's at fine. the things that they might be getting in return for uh, the use of their body or the use of their time. And to them, it outweighs um, whatever negative may come, um, but they don't realize until they're a little past it that mm-hmm. they have lost their childhood, um, yes. and there are some psychological effects that may follow them. So um, it is a lot of work, but, but we love it. You know, the detectives that that work in our unit work very hard, and they they do this work specifically because they love it, because they love these yes. victims in these cases. So. Yes. And, you know, you know, we talk about trust and you also, you know, I've heard and read stories where some of the clients of the victims are uniformed Mm -hmm. officers. They actually come in with their uniforms on, rape the girls and, Mm -hmm. uh, and going about their way. So they, the, the trust is very, I mean, that's very thin. It's very hard to gain because they don't know who is, uh, there to help them and so right. and it's a very very right. scary position to be in. I can't imagine being in mm-hmm. such a situation like that and I know as a victim myself of um, child sexual abuse the fear tactics are I mean they work you know oh, yeah. I was told if you say anything A, B, C mm-hmm. and D is going to happen and I believed it uh, I'm a child I don't know all right. the laws I don't know um, what is false, but I know I was supposed to be able to trust this grown up. And so mm-hmm. um, it really places so much burden on the victim. And um, I want to ask you guys, talking about the victim, um, what are some of the, in your opinion, now, you know, and I'm not going to hold you guys to it and or anything, <laughs> but just in your opinion, what are some of the protocols or laws that need to be changed or implemented to decrease incidences of child abuse and sex trafficking. But since I have you um, on right now, Detective uh, Gibbs, can you Mm -hmm. talk about that from the sex trafficking side? Sure. Um, I know not too long ago, um, sex trafficking as a charge, as a felony offense did not exist. It was pimping, um, which is a misdemeanor, pandering, which is a misdemeanor, prostitution, which was a misdemeanor. Um, So for anyone that was involved in the transportation or harbor recruitment of a child for the purpose of commercial sex was not really being held accountable. They were getting little misdemeanor charges, um, low fines, low sentencing. So um, I want to say maybe 15 years ago. I don't, I, I don't quote me on that, but there was definitely a push by law enforcement and lawmakers and attorneys to go, 
these are real victims. These are children. They've been manipulated. These people are just as bad as the um, adults who are abusing our children. Well, there needs to be a tougher sentencing. So that yes. there was recent implementation of um, trafficking for the purpose of sexual servitude. It became a felony. It began to include um, anyone basically who was involved, the, the pimp who was recruiting, anyone who was um, keeping a place for the purpose of prostitution. So that fell under anyone who knowingly worked at, who worked at a hotel and knowingly um, knew about the victims that were at their location, um, the person who kept the home that allowed this to take place in the bathroom, anyone who transported a juvenile yeah. to and from, and it's not just juveniles, there are adults who are forced into this lifestyle yeah. too, but anyone okay. who transported them to their dates or provided for them in some type of way or was a customer of that child or of that person um, who was a victim, they also got that larger felony charge that had some weight and meant and meant business. You know, this is this is not a game. This is serious. These are our children. If the parents are not doing their part, it is up to us, law enforcement, and our prosecutors to make sure that you are, that you are held responsible and that our kids are safe. So um, that is a recent. And we love it. We love mm-hmm. it because <laughs> yes. you do. It's if you have knowledge, if you have knowledge, and you don't, yes. and you don't help, if you allow your residence to be used, and you oh. don't care, you know, as long as you're getting a little profit, or as long as the police mm-hmm. aren't coming mm-hmm. by, it's not fair. And so we we wanted, we there was a push for a more serious charge. So um, that, that has good. been great for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. And you know because. Uh, was it co-conspirator? I mean, you know, exactly. Everybody yeah. is going to go down with the ship, and I and I think exactly. that is wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. I I know we got to take a quick break, but before we go, I want to also say my two cents is that okay. um, I think there needs to be some type of incentives for these little mom and pop motels, the hourly rated mm-hmm. motels where majority of the um, you know the traffickers are going. To right. uh, to you know to, to deliver the um, the person to the John. Mm-hmm. I think you know some type of an, an, uh, incentive for them to turn them in or to um, uh, learn to see the the different cues and clues. Yeah, I also I think see what you that, mean. like you said, stop charging the victims. That is ludicrous. If, if why mm-hmm. would a fourteen year old girl be charged with prostitution? That is absolutely exactly. crazy, and we need to set something in the middle so that a, a place where they can go as a haven um, while all this is going on, if they are rescued, instead of being thrown into jail because there's nowhere else for them to go. And mm-hmm. um, my last soapbox is that I think there has to be a harsher sentencing to the Johns. If there was yes. no demand for this flesh, then mm-hmm. guess what? There'll be there's no money to be made, no traffickers. It'll it'll it'll, it'll be gone. If we right. enforce harsher harsher sentencing than a slap on the hands for a John, then I think we will see uh, a greater portion of it going down. So uh, again, that's just my two cents. But I have to take another <laughs> quick break, and then we'll be right okay. back. Hold on, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. 
Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage. Integrating inspirational, encouraging, and challenging scriptures, the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives. If you or someone you know is battling with addiction, this book is for you. If you are in recovery, this is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and Serene. Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Welcome back. This is the last quarter of our show. Time really flies when we're on the show for some mm-hmm. reason. I am Minister Annie Bell. I want to offer a trigger warning for survivors who are listening in tonight. If you're going through something right now because something was triggered during this show, please don't suffer alone. I'm going to give you some numbers for you to call. For those who uh, are survivors of uh, sex trafficking and you need to reach out, 1-888-373-7888. You can even text BEFREE to 233 733. Victims of domestic violence, 1-800-799-7233. Or child abuse, 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That's 1-800-422-4453. So whether you have, are seen, you have seen something, witnessed something, or you are a survivor and you just need to reach out, don't hesitate. I also have a prayer line every Thursday at 9 30. Um, and this is more of a Facebook group. So please join us, connect with me so that you can um, uh, be part of that. And, and we'll pray for you. We will uh, definitely see you through. We definitely believe that prayer works. And so um, we have a group of people, uh, prayer warriors who are, are here to help and assist. Now, we're back again with our panel of detectives from the SV unit of DeKalb County Police Department. And again, I am so peacock proud of you ladies um, <laughs> because you're, you're, you're bold and you're out there doing what you need to do to take care. I want to give uh, Detective Neal an opportunity to, uh, to answer the last question about what's your opinion um, of, you know, that changes or implementations of laws or protocols uh, that needs to happen to decrease 
Um, I actually agree with uh, Detective Gibbs in that the laws that they have now, um, they actually are, are, are a strong help to our community <laughs> and to the victims. Because, again, as, as, as she indicated before, it didn't include all the parties that are involved. Mm-hmm. And now that it does, it gives us more to work with because we do want to see these children safe. Yes. We do want to get the people that are involved off the street. Because, again, nine chances out of ten, all the parties that are involved are probably victims, too. But we don't want to keep revictimizing. Right. So right. the laws that we have now, to me, actually are well implemented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I kind of, part of me, you know, I, I uh, am in agreement, but then I see, I, I think there has to be a consistency across all the nations, I mean, excuse me, throughout the nation, because, you know, a one state will just slap somebody's hand and say, okay, don't do that again. Don't rape that little girl again. But then you have another state where they'll put them up for 30, 35 years. And right. so there's got to be a consistency and it has to be more than a slap on the wrist because for most pedophiles, they cannot help themselves. So we have to help them help themselves. Uh, those who want children to want to have sex with children uh, under their prepubescent age, um, mm-hmm. they're going to keep seeking out for that. And so now we ta- we see where they're having dolls made up like little kids, so that uh, right. you know they can use the dolls instead of the child. Hey, that is not going to work. All it does is continue <laughs> to feed that fetish desire, and so. Um, you know, we, there's got to be a, a, a different way. So, I, you know, I agree with you in one hand, but the other hand, I think, be, depending on which state you're in, it could truly be a, a, a pat on, a slap on the, the wrist. Um, and, you know, of uh, one judge who who just said that, oh, um, he's he's sorry for raping the six year old, and he's and he this is his first offense, so he mm-hmm. he is he he was allowed to go free. No punishment no um you know counseling nothing no redirection and so to me that was go and do it again um that was his permission to go and do it again um so again you know i have to add my two cents (laughs) (laughs) if i I can uh, really quick oh you, you said something about um education earlier and that probably is the same thread that runs through this same conversation right now is sometimes people don't know they don't know they don't know the effects that that this trauma has on children or they do and the other part is not wanting to admit that your city or your county your state has this problem so you try to reduce charges to something lesser or it's just uh, it is extremely unfortunate for our victims in cases like that um, and even in our law enforcement, you know, they need the education too. Not everybody has that same, the same training that we do at the cab or in the state of Georgia. I think mm-hmm. our um, sex trafficking task force is pretty advanced. I mean, we communicate with everybody way north in Georgia and way south. We share mm-hmm. information. 
I think the same probably goes with Detective Neal and special victims and her sexual assaults. I mean, God forbid there's somebody, there's a serial rapist out that we don't already know about and are already looking for. So I think it is just communication and education on on all sides of that problem, from Mm -hmm. law enforcement to our judicial system to the victim side. Mm -hmm. And And I I agree with you, if mm -hmm. if I may say this. I agree with you, and as well as looking at it from a standpoint of view, being in, in, in Georgia, being in Atlanta, as we stated before, that Atlanta is one of the top cities when it comes to sex trafficking. So, of course, that being said, you almost would have to, you know, looking from this standpoint of view, be more aggressive with your laws in order to try to stop or mitigate what's going on as best as you can. So hopefully with Atlanta um, being one of the top cities, that our laws of aggression, and as Detective Gibbs indicated, will educate, will help. That we don't, we don't know everything, but we, you know, our laws are are currently they're, they've been working. Mm-hmm. And of course, things could get better. But you know, according, um, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of view of being in it in Georgia. Yeah, and I and know again, the governor, education is the piece. Right. I know the governor's office has definitely taken a huge, you know, part and saying we, you know, they want to do better. And, um, and so I am glad, uh, you know, about that uh, in, here in Georgia. Um, I got about a few more minutes and I want to give uh, Detective Neal, while you have the ball, while you have the mic, to go ahead and tell us a little <laughs> bit about your foundation and um, your organization that you founded. Well, actually, the actual organization was um, founded um, by my, she, I'll call it my spiritual mother. She's a, a, a prophet calling me an apostle. She is an apostle, and she, you know, she doesn't, like, wear, like, titles. She serves well. I want to say that. And what the, the name of our organization is the Line of Duty Ministries, and God gave our leader a vision for a shelter and church for abused women and children. So when we moved to Atlanta, um, we bought a home. Well, we didn't actually, let me say it the right way. God blessed us with a home with no money down, with Mm. no finances, and Mm. he blessed us with a home. And she said, well, hey, let's give it back to God. And in that, women, children came in. The whole man was being taken care of, a place to stay food, shelter, and, you know, that's a, that's a part of the love for the children, a love for the ministry, because God has placed it there, so that's, that's how everything got started, and in my life, and what I've been through, God also has called me to that same vision, because of the trials and tribulation in the life that I've lived, and that my family has gone through, mm-hmm. so in that we help women and children. Amen. Amen that you're able to take the lemons that the devil and life threw at you and turn around and allow God to make the best tasting lemonade ever. So um, thank you for, you know, what you've been through, but what you turned around and are are doing to help others, uh, you know, get their triumph and their victories. Um, Now, do you have anything you would like to share, Detective Gibbs, um, any future endeavors or events or where they can find events? Um, our unit as a whole does a lot of um, 
just brief uh, overview of internet safety and sex sex trafficking uh, sex trafficking um, talks to schools in our area. You know, we we go into churches, we'll go into high schools. Um, we love talking to young girls because that is the prime target population. Um, so if anybody needed any information or would like something like that, we would be glad to coordinate something. Um, I don't, I don't know offhand if we have a location coming up, but if you ever needed any of those, those services, we'd be glad to help out. How do they get in touch with you to do that? I can um, give you my number. It is 770-724-7500. Um, or you can reach me by email. It's emgibbs at decapcountyga.gov. Great. Um, I just want to know what you need. Thank you so much. I am so, so, so very thankful that you guys took some time out to come and be with me and educate our listeners. Thank you so much, Detective Neal and Detective Gibbs, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was fun, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, um, gotta give you some applause. That was wonderful. We're gonna go ahead and take this moment to see wisdom to rain. And our wisdom to rain today is uprooted plants. They can still grow. So take that plant and plant it. Put it back in the ground. And if that that's talking about you, your soul, your spirit, you were uprooted. Things may have happened in your life that you were not thinking. Um, of and it was tragic it was traumatic but replant yourself and allow God to water you and grow you to make a a donation or get in touch with me or my team please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Irene Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking also go to my YouTube channel Irene Blog Talk and become a subscriber so you won't miss a beat don't forget my book is out there at Amazon, go ahead and get your copy, get your healing on. Repeat after me. I I reclaim my life. I excel at living. I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ. I nurture myself and others. Let's reign together in Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Thank you so very much for taking your time out to be with me. Good night, everybody. Together, 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 together. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.